1: the world especially the united states to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government
0: the potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist it has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the grip every print boot on the
1: I'm Ryan Gable, your host, and you are listening to The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. The Fringe.fm is the network website. Go check it out today at thefringe.fm, a new website. Joe Roop has been working very, very hard on getting that new website up, along with all the other members of the Fringe FM team. You can find The Fringe FM on Facebook and also our show, The Secret Teachings, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Teachings. But if you'd like to contact us directly, the email is rdgable at yahoo.com. That's rdgable at yahoo.com. Whether you enjoy the show or you don't enjoy the show or if you have a question for me, something you'd like to share, rather than sending it to the network, send it to rdgable at yahoo.com find our website at www.thesecretteachings.info. You'll find all of our archives, my books, everything. It's all on the website, www.thesecretteachings.info. That's www.thesecretteachings.info. I want to give a couple of shout-outs to you as listeners to start the show tonight. I've received probably like 300 emails this month into the last month, so within the last 30 days. And that's a lot of emails. It's kind of hard to go through everything, try to respond back to everybody. Sometimes I get like a paragraph. Sometimes I get like the introduction to a large scientific report where I get like five pages of information. And it's great. I I appreciate that you take the time to write that. I just don't always have the time to sit and read that. I mean, coming into every show today, I read a lot. I finished a couple of books. I read through some medical journals on some subjects that we're going to discuss tonight. I listened to some radio. I mean, I'm always learning and trying to better myself outside of radio, and then also that kind of filters into radio. So I don't always have time to read a uh, massive, massive email, but I have all that in my email. And uh, when I get a chance, I will get back to you. If I have not yet, I will get back to you at some point. One of our listeners, Drew V. Santilli, I saw this on our Facebook page the more uh, this morning when I woke up, Drew Santilli posted our Moth Ma'am shirt that another listener actually sent us that logo design for the show website uh, t-shirts. It's Moth Ma'am. It's not Moth Man. It's Moth Ma'am. It's Ma'am. It's Moth Mam. It's Mam. It's Moth Mam. That T-shirt is on T Public, or you can find it on our website by looking at the merchandise section. And we don't really make any money with T-shirts. I think it's like two dollars or a dollar eighty back from these T-shirts. So when I mention them, it's not really to make money. It's just something. If you enjoy it, like Drew did, he said he's going to buy. I think a a hoodie. I think Drew said he's going to buy a hoodie for the fall with the Mothman, Moth Mam, Mothman, Moth Mam logo on it, It says thesecretteachings.info underneath, so that is on the T Public site or just on our website. There's a link to everything. Thank you, Drew, for listening and for grabbing one of those hoodies. It's moth ma'am. It's ma'am. Maybe Drew identifies as a ma'am. I don't know. I wouldn't dare call you sir because I don't know. You might be a madam. You might be a moth ma'am. I don't know. We don't know. We're not really sure about how people identify anymore. I actually got a talked to the other day because I dared to say she, and somebody said actually uh, it's a they, and I was so taken back by it. I really didn't. I didn't understand what they were saying. I said, w- "What do you mean they?" I said, well, "They, they who they identify as a they." I was like, "Well, that's really confusing." But okay, a couple of other emails that came through. I finally got a, re- a chance to respond to Rob Wayland. I believe that's how you pronounce the last name, Rob Wheeland or Wayland from We Are Change, Colorado. He's been listening to the show, sent me some information, and he said he would be willing as a as a guest to come on the show because I've extended that offer to listeners all over the country or all over the world, and I'm going through those those emails. If you'd like to be on the show as a listener, I'm not going to do Collins. Anymore, but if you'd like to be on the show as a listener, we'll do a segment or maybe two segments. Just email me at rdgable at yahoo.com and send me like a little paragraph of what you want to talk about. Keep it organized and coherent because I don't. Ha- I- I- it needs to have punctuation. I need to see sentence breaks, not because I'm a grammar Soviet, but because I just can't understand run on sentences that have no, no punctuation. You know, where it's like Illuminati, reptilian, alien, Atlantis, fifth-strand DNA complex of the heliosphere. I'm like, I, I have no clue what you're talking about. Delete. So just keep it organized. Keep it somewhat somewhat understa- understandable. Let's just say somewhat understandable. Tom Shebel, Scheibel sent us an email telling us that he, maybe you're not a he, enjoyed the show we did on... The Founding Fathers and Slavery, which I thought was, uh, was an excellent show as well. I really enjoyed that show. I enjoy all the history shows more so than I do, uh, even a lot of the paranormal occult shows we do. So thank you, Tom, for sending us a message. And, uh, we have a bunch of other emails here. Lots of listeners email us, but those are just three that popped up on my email when I pulled it up. Uh, Joseph Lovell as well. Send us a message today. Uh, bunch of other listeners so thank you so much for emailing us rdgable at yahoo.com here's an interesting story this is out of the netherlands the netherlands minister for medical care tamara van Ark, said quote from a medical perspective there is no proven effectiveness of masks the cabinet has decided that there will be no national obligation for wearing non-medical masks for wearing non-medical masks So the Netherlands, apparently, they're looking at a different kind of science than the rest of the world. You see these memes that circulate. You see these memes that'll say, like, the United States is the only country where people are refusing to wear a mask. Really? Well, you forgot about Denmark and Sweden. You forgot about a lot of different countries where it's not that people are refusing to wear a mask. It's just that they don't have to wear a mask even by the Social peer pressure applied by others or the governmental quote-unquote recommendation that the government says you must do this, but they don't actually enforce it and you don't actually have to do it and it's not something that keeps you safer. According to the science, I guess the scientists in the Netherlands have different science than the scientists in the U.S. And the problem isn't necessarily even science. The problem results from the sharing of clickbait soundbite partisan information on social media in particular i mean i scroll through this sometimes i'm not a social media person okay so i don't really i don't really get into the chat rooms and the instant messaging and the memes and all that i'll post something here or there i posted a few things on facebook for the show today but i'm not really into it you know what i mean i'm not really I don't have to log on to Facebook every three minutes to check my to check my notifications. I don't have to log on to check my messages. So sometimes you don't get a message back from me for a while. It's not because I'm ignoring you. I'm ignoring Facebook. If you were sitting next to me outside and you said, Hey, Ryan, and you asked me a question, I would respond to you. I'm not ignoring you. I'm ignoring Facebook and accepting it as a form of necessary evil to communicate with listeners the same thing with with the discord chat room i just can't stare at a screen for too long okay even when i'm here on the show for two hours with you i'm not i can't stare at my screen i have to when when right before we go to break i'll lift my computer laptop lid up all the way or i'll turn the the the, the light back up i can't stare at it that's why i have all these pictures and flags and posters in my studio because i look at things while i'm talking you know there's an ankh there. where picture of my duck from like five years ago I used to have a pet duck you know or some drawings or a picture of my son or something I'll look at different things while I'm talking I can't stare at the computer screen so I can't stare at my phone can't stare at the computer the laptop the tablet and when I do I just I I feel absolutely horrible when I do stare at it though and I feel horrible it's usually because I'm reading something that I find to be very important, and so I'll link it up on the top news section of our website, and then usually I'll print it out. And I like to have things printed out because unless there's a physical change or transformation in the material material world as a result of quantum scientific experimentation, quantum computers and CERN and other kinds of particle accelerators, unless we're experiencing physical changes Like a mandala effect. My papers are not going to change. Things on the internet do change. Studies are pulled. Studies are altered. Headlines are adjusted. You know, for example, I was reading a story last night. I go to the bathroom to brush my teeth, and I thought, I don't want to bring my book in here right now. I'm about to go to bed, so it was a bad decision anyway, but I brought, my, uh, I brought my phone in the bathroom, and I opened it up, and I was reading this report from a local Fox News affiliate station. I hate Fox News for the record. I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, but I'm reading it, and, and the headline said something to the effect of mandatory vaccines will be implemented in the United States, and it's like it's totally legal, totally constitutional, deal with it. And then if you read the article, as you read it, the headline just filters down into like a singularity of truth, if you will. So as you read the article, it's like, you know, a lawyer says that it's completely constitutional. And then as it continues to go down, it's like, but there are some reasons why they might not do this because public policy, it's not something that you always implement If it's for the good of all people, because the public will rebel against it. And we've seen that with masks and other things, and it just keeps filtering down. And it's like, besides, you know, federal courts would probably just judge that it's unconstitutional anyway. So no mandatory vaccine for Americans. But if you follow the funnel back up to the headline, it's just like fear. It's like legal scholar says that, of course, Americans have to get a vaccine. It's constitutional. It's it's liberal. It's patriotic. It's what we do as Americans. And then you read it. It's like, actually, they can't do that. And even if they can do it or they do do it, there'll be massive rebellion against it across political lines, which has has really been the foundation for so much bickering about covid-19. You know, that's pretty much the argument to everything, isn't it? It's like if you don't wear a mask because you have some form of breathing condition or heart problem or whatever it might be, you get looked at by people who you know, you know that they're looking at you and they're thinking one of two, maybe three things. They're thinking, look at that Trump supporter, that conservative moron. Look at that person who hates science. Look at that person who wants to make everybody else sick. Meanwhile they're the ones behind a wall of protection, right? Little fabric of protection. Tonight's show is on a mask show. Tonight's show is a show more about the observation of how language and how words and how prestige and authority and how these types of things affect our perception of reality. We've done a couple of shows on the psychology The Nature of Psychological Manipulation, recently here on The Secret Teachings, one of them a show with our good friend Mike D. called Stuck in the Spin Cycle, as seen on TV, where we go through the Yale University clinicaltrials.gov list of guidelines to coercively persuade, in other words, brainwash the public into accepting vaccines. And, and, and for the record, sometimes when listeners email me, they use a certain word that they emphasize and they say, I don't find this anywhere in radio. And although I have my biases, the word that a lot of listeners email me with, they'll say, the reason I listen to your show, because I always ask, if they don't tell me in, initially, they say because I, I never found something that is so objective and, and critically thought with with support with documentation of what you're saying they use the word objective that's a word i use a lot because i try to be objective of course i'm still biased yeah i don't like political parties i don't support joe biden i don't support donald trump i'm, I'm not a christian i'm not but i'm not opposed to you i don't hate you if you do support something or you are something i i just don't get lost in the in the world of labeling the swirling world of labeling and basing my perception off of what is a preset prepackaged perception of the world is really what it is it's like a tv dinner so objectivity and some of you may have heard on saturday night I was on Into the Parabnormal with Jeremy Scott, and that show is linked up. It's all over the Fringe FM Facebook page, but it's also on our website now. The Thesecretteachings.info at the top, you'll see guest spots. You'll see a tab that says guest spots, and then if you put your cursor over that, it'll show you Ground Zero, Kev Baker Show, Into the Parabnormal, other shows that I'm a frequent guest on. And that show with Jeremy will be linked up there. And one of the things Jeremy and I talked about, we were going to debate masks. Jeremy, within like a week of the show, though, decided he doesn't want to debate masks. He said, let's just talk about the deception in in the stories of COVID-19. And so we had a discussion. He asked me what my view was on on censorship and things like this. And I just said, I, I said, context, context, critical thinking, these things are important psychologically, this whole scam, it doesn't matter if you believe or don't believe something, everything that's being fed to you, whether it is part of your belief and ideology or it is opposed to your belief and ideology and it is the belief and ideology of your perceived opponent in the social structure of things, it's all based on fraud. And a listener asked Saturday night during the show a really simple and uh, probably an overlooked question, and that is, where do we get accurate information then? And that is what you call an objective question, in my opinion, because where do we get objective information if you don't trust one point of view. Usually you just trust the other point of view or a third point of view. If you step back from all of it and say, where do I get accurate information? Where do I get this accurate information? You need to address everything, which means that you need to address the so-called fake news. You need to address the so-called crazy conspiratorial anti-media and the alternative news, the independent media, and you need to learn the skills of critical thinking, or at least awaken those skills within yourself to read things and to question what they say. So when a scientific report says XYZ may do this, XYZ has been associated with this, that's different than a conclusive report that says XYZ does do this. Does and may are two different things. One is definitive. It's proven over and over again. It does do this. And the other one is speculative, meaning that there needs to be more scientific analysis in order to prove that this does something as opposed to this may do something. Now, this might seem elementary for some. For others, it's probably... A broken record it is a kicking or a beating of the same horse but this needs to be explored and that's why I'm talking about it on tonight's show because it's the perception that we have as individuals and collectively and it's the control of that perception that matters more than your feelings emotions opinions political views on the world because everything stems from perception control and perception control isn't just to get an individual to perceive the world in a certain specific way in opposition to others. It's meant to get people seeing the world in different ways to create conflict, to create combatant behaviors, and to initiate fights and battles Against people that otherwise would be able to ask the question, like the listener on Saturday's show, Into the Parabnormal, asked, and I was on Jeremy Scott, asked, where do we get credible information? Where do we get this information? And my answer to that was nature. Things that are common sense. But before you can get to the common sense, you have to get rid of the preconceived biases You have to eliminate the controlled perceptions of the left or the right or the up or the down. And that's what I'm going to try to do tonight on The Secret Teachings to take you through both science, news, medicine, whatever it might be. We might end up in a lot of different places tonight that I'm not thinking we'll end up in. And it all has to do with the control of perception how we read things, how things are worded, how we perceive them, how they're written for us to perceive things in a way where the information is not definitive, but we perceive it based on the wording that it is definitive, or things that are definitively proven that are presented as if they are just implications of proof. In other words, I've said this for years, we live in a time where opinion has become fact if it is accredited with the perception of authority and prestige and where fact, if presented without the accreditation and the prestige of a degree or of media or some political power, the fact then becomes an opinion. And sometimes even the accredited, prestigious individuals and institutions and groups will provide two different data points contrary to each other and the people believe whatever terrifies them the most i'm ryan gable this is the secret teachings don't go anywhere there's a lot more after this right here on the fringe fm
2: This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash teachings, or our website, thesecretteachings.info.
1: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir. Along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Alex. Exum. Hi, I'm Alex Exon, and you're listening to KTLK The Fringe FM.
2: The Secret Teachings t shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our occult arcana shirt, the infamous Mam, and of course the blue chicken avian shirts, among others like the paranormal desert shirt. Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit the thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page.
0: If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, lifestyles and ingredients even those in your pet food with free solutions to better health then check out good philosophy all 3 of these books are available in soft cover or pdf at www.thesecretteachings.info that's where you can read reviews see pictures and even order yours today It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM.
1: I'm Ryan Gable, host of The Secret Teachings, and you are listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe Hi, this is Joseph P. Farrell. I'm the author of Roswell and the Reich, SS Brotherhood of the Bell, and a number of other books. My website is www.gizadeathstar.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings on the Fringe FM. The secret teachings.info the fringe.fm. I forgot to mention at the beginning of the show, Jonathan Fuller, listener of this broadcast. I know he's a big fan of Clyde Lewis and Ground Zero. I wanted to thank Jonathan for sending me a package of goodies in the mail. An alien mask. And a monster mask, and this really cool alien figure here to put on my uh, my desk. I got some pictures of uh, the alien on air on our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash the secret teaching. So thank you, Jonathan, for that. A couple other listeners uh, said they were sending me things. I haven't gotten them in the mail yet. If you did send something, P.O. Box 81, West Bloomfield, New York, 14585. P.O. Box 81, West Bloomfield. New York, one four five eight five. So make sure you got the address correct. And if you do buy a T-shirt or you buy a sweater or something like that, like uh, Drew Santilli said he was going to buy a moth mam sweater, take a picture of it, throw it on Facebook. I, I know Joe Rupin, Lighting the Void. He does this with all of his listeners. I know a lot of you listen to Lighting the Void, and you know you buy a T-shirt or whatever with the secret teachings. You might buy a book. So when you get a book or you get a T-shirt or something. Take a picture of it, put it on Facebook to help promote the show and show other listeners uh, what they're missing, especially with the books. I'd much, much rather you buy a book than buy a t-shirt. There's It's about the same cost, if not cheaper, to buy a book, depending on which book you buy. And there's so much great information in those books. Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, all at thesecretteachings.info. So I have maybe, I probably have 50 or more papers here, many of which are are multiple pages on everything from fifth-generation technology to the nature of published research findings. And I, I, I have so much here. So what I want to do is I want to kind of I want to start off slow, a walk, move to a power walk, a jog, and then run to the finish line tonight. I read this story on Axios today. The headline is 97,000 children test positive for coronavirus in two weeks. And despite the fact that the Centers for Disease Control is including 20-year-olds or depending on the state, up to 24, 25-year-olds, as children to perpetuate this fraud that children are now getting sick when even adults that get sick have no symptoms whatsoever. It's like ADHD being diagnosed in a child because they like to play on the jungle gym. Something very close to that used to be the official list of symptoms of ADHD. It used to be like children who like shiny things, children who can't pay attention, children who like to climb things. Well, hell, adults like to climb things. Adults like shiny things. Does that mean all adults have ADHD? Well, if you take human behavior and you make human behavior a symptom of a disease, then humanity becomes a disease by extension. Simply existing simply having bodily functions become a disease. This is the psychological control. So this article from Axios says that the virus disproportionately affects black and Latino children who have the highest rates of hospitalization per the Centers for Disease Control. Now, what evidence, what information do they provide? None. They don't even provide a link To the Centers for Disease Control on that particular subject. Just black and Latino children are more affected. Now, why would black and Latino children be more affected? Is it because the virus is racist? Is it because those at the Wuhan Institute of Virology are racist? You know, this might seem crazy, but I'm serious. Is the virus racist? Is that why it disproportionately affects black and Latinos? And in what context does it affect black and Latinos in the big cities, in rural communities, in certain states, in certain parts of the country, the northwest, the northeast, the southwest, the southeast, the middle of the country? Is this happening in every country? Are there some states where white people are affected more? So if you look at this black people, latino people more affected, they say particularly children more affected by the by the virus. Okay. So if that's the case, there was a story from CNN the other day. We talked about it on our As Seen on TV show with Mike D a couple of broadcasts ago. It's in the archive at the secretteachings.info. Really cool artwork for that show that I did. You'll see on the website with the uh, brains being pumped full of disinformation with that swirling vortex behind it to hypnotize the viewer. There was an article that said, if you are obese, the COVID vaccine will not work. Now, they already know the COVID vaccine isn't going to work anyway, so they're saying two, three, four, five shots. Black people, they said, need to get the shot first, because apparently, according to Axios, With this article about 97,000 children testing positive in a week, that the virus affects black children and Latino children more so, and also the black community. That was one of the things we heard initially. The black community is affected more than any other community by coronavirus, so the virus must be racist. The New York Times also reported in April of 2020 that obesity was linked to severe coronavirus disease, especially for younger patients. There you go. That is what it really means when they say black and Latino children have the highest rates of hospitalization. Why? Because the black and Latino community tends to have a much worse habit of consuming poor, low quality, nutrientless foods. Now, all of America has this problem. A lot of the world has this problem, but if you shrink it down from the world to the United States to certain communities, 107 million Americans are obese, averaged statistical assumption. Now, if you took every single American, lined them up for thousands of miles and just counted, okay, obese, not obese, obese, not obese. You're going to do that based on charts and what do we consider obese? If obesity is 10 pounds overweight and someone's 9 pounds overweight, are they not obese? Do they go into another category, kind of obese? If you're 10 pounds over the 10 pounds and you're 20 pounds overweight, does that make you morbidly obese? What happens if you're 100 pounds over the 20 pounds Are you like one of those 600-pound people that Dr. Now takes care of on my 600-pound life? Are you just enormous? Is that a classification? So how does the classification process work? And how do the words that are used determine how we perceive the end results of that classification process? So 107 million Americans, about 42% of American adults, plus the numbers vary. They'll say 80 million people, 100 million people, because it's a different classification system. But roughly a third or more of Americans are obese, and that includes whites, blacks, Asians, Latinos. Some are more obese than others. So if you're just tuning in, this is not a show on obesity any more than it's a show on coronavirus or it's a show on masks. Tonight is a show about critical analysis and context. And I'm trying to, as a friend and as a radio host who has a responsibility to provide you with accurate information and to provide you with various perspectives, to provide you with a, a truly balanced perspective. I'm presenting this to you because I really, truly care about you as a listener and about those who don't listen who you might know. And this is a way to get to those people as well and show them that there's no reason to be afraid, whether it's about COVID-19 or whatever it is. Information is power, sure, but proper, contextual, objective observation is more important than information because when you have that ability, as we all do if we choose to exercise it, information will come to us, and information that is inaccurate, not true, We can decipher that, and so, yeah, information is power, but the correct information is absolute, and it is absolute power, and it overrides the psychological techniques that are meant to get us to bend and bow and kneel and be afraid, to live in fear, to be terrified. So, let's say about 80 to 107 million Americans are obese. Okay, that's black, white, whatever. That's Latino, that's Asian, that's whatever. The New York Times reported, according to the CDC, that obesity was linked to severe coronavirus disease. Well, to say it's linked doesn't mean much of anything because you can link something to anything. Generalities are important to speak in here because the, the word linked is a general statement. Linked to what? You know, if I was to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day and I, and I drank, uh, you know, 24 cans of beer a day, but then I went out, I wasn't drunk, wasn't high even, just totally sober, and I wrecked my car and died. You might say, well, he was an alcoholic. Maybe he was intoxicated. You know, he was, uh, he was a big-time smoker. He smoked a lot of weed, too, so maybe he was high when he crashed his car. No, maybe I just was driving my car and I wasn't paying attention and I was texting and crashed my car. And you could say any of those things. Drinking too much alcohol linked to texting and driving. Smoking too many cigarettes linked to texting and driving. Texting and driving linked to alcohol and cigarette and marijuana. Or you could say that... You know, I decided I'm not going to drink or smoke anymore. I'm going to go and take care of myself, and I go to the grocery store, and I buy some good food, and I'm driving home, and I'm reaching back to get some grapes out of the back to snack on, and I don't see that car, and I smash into it and die. Eating produce linked to a car accident. That's what linked means. Obesity linked to severe coronavirus disease, especially for younger patients. Okay, so here's how this is going to work tonight. I'm going to list every little detail and I'm going to string this together like we're we're putting popcorn popcorn on that needle on that string around Christmas time. You just keep putting it on and putting it all in line. This article right here, obesity linked to severe coronavirus disease especially for younger patients. Okay. Now, in the United States, younger patients, older patients, obesity is a pandemic. Obesity is nationwide. It is a global pandemic on top of that, but it is a problem in the United States. Younger people, black, Latino, etc., doesn't matter, younger people that are growing up in one of the first generations with, I said one of the first, exclusively processed foods and access to everything in a digital environment that their parents and that their grandparents didn't have complete access to, they are going to suffer the health consequences of this far beyond and far exaggerated of, of anything their parents or anything their grandparents suffered as a result of eating too much junk food children are going to be more affected certain communities are even more affected than other communities the black and latino community in particular are typically affected by things like heart disease and diabetes and also the dis- the the, the uh, dissolving of the nuclear family unit as well but diabetes heart disease cancer. So, yeah, the virus disproportionately affects black and latino children. Why do you think that is? it's the same reason that obesity according to the CNN story and according to health officials, obesity prevents COVID-19 vaccines from working. Well, it's not because the vaccine works or doesn't work, the vaccine is useless. They're not going to be healthy because they're obese and they have other medical conditions. And sure, Children who are black or Latino probably do get sicker more than other children, the black community as a whole, because they have poor lifestyles, not necessarily even by choice. And sometimes cultures have certain health conditions as a result of their cultural diets. I mean, in America as a whole or in certain segments of America. So what I'm saying here is the vaccine doesn't work on our obese people or any people. It surely doesn't work on obese people because obese people are sick. So that's why they're sick, because they have health problems. Children that are affected by this, likewise, have he- health problems. Black, Latino, et cetera, different communities have different problems. So now that we've established that, here's an article that you might think is totally unrelated. This is a Gallup poll. A Gallup poll says black Americans want police to retain local presence. 81% in this Gallup poll of black people surveyed want police to spend the same amount or more time in their area. Now, when you show this to somebody who believes that Black Lives Matter only, or Black Lives Matter, this is the movement, usually they don't know what to do. Because 81% of blacks, or you saw Marcellus Wiley, former NFL football player on sports television, saying, I don't support Black Lives Matter, but of course Black Lives Matter, but I don't support the organization for these reasons. You don't get to hear what he says. You don't get to hear about Black Americans uh, want police to retain local presence. In fact, they want more of a local presence, because in those black communities, that's where you've got the increased crime. That's where you've got the increases in all forms of degeneracy. It's not because of black communities any more than it's because of of, of slums where where trashy white people live. So, this is a Gallup poll. This is what the black community in a Gallup poll says. And you have isolated black individuals who say, I don't support the defunding of police. I don't support Black Lives Matter. But you don't get to hear what they say because it's perception control. And I want to point out something very important. When you are posting articles on social media or when you're reading articles for yourself, pay very close attention to either the very top of the article in very small print, very fine print, or the very bottom of the article where they say this article was written by so-and-so who works for this outlet and their email is this, or for corrections, email the editor, whatever. The USA Today has kind of altered their website. So the USA Today now says, if you look at the top of their page, They have a yellow, green, it's kind of like a lime-colored bar at the top of their page. And if you don't really look at it close, you'd probably just miss it and think it was part of the border of the article. I've clicked on at least three of these on social media. Things that sound, for some people, like, like just horrible, dystopian nightmares. Like, you will get vaccinated. You will do this. The mask will last forever. This is what we need to do. And then you click on the article, like this article, Joe Roop sent this to me. He was reading it to me on the phone the other night. And as he read it to me, I said, everything that you just read me, Joe, is what's in that Yale University clinicaltrials.gov report where they're talking about using messages of self-interest, community interest. In other words, you'll help yourself if you get a vaccine or you'll help the community if you get a vaccine. Or messages of guilt or embarrassment, messages of "you're not brave if you don't get a vaccine" or "you don't believe in science if you don't get a vaccine." Just brainwashing, propaganda, psych warfare. So Joe's read me this article, and I said, "Joe, that is that is the Yale University ClinicalTrials.gov suggested list of ways to manipulate people into accepting the vaccine." And this isn't new. There's a if you type in Washington Post. I think it was 2017 Washington Post parents need to be persuaded to get vaccinations for their children or something to that effect. You'll find a Washington Post article that you know they they're losing all their readers and subscribers so they have to go to a uh, strictly financial based system now where you have to pay like a dollar something a week or whatever to access it, but you can still read the headline. I've got a copy of the article for that reason alone where it says that trying to convince people of why they should get a vaccine doesn't work so they need to be manipulated into doing it and that's the same thing that when you go to a, a fast food restaurant right and you go up there and you say I'll, I'll take a number two and they say okay sir and what else you're like hmm maybe I'll get uh, let me get an ice cream too all right sir and what else well now that you mention it let me get uh, let me get one of those pot those little tiny hot pies to go to Okay, sir. What else? Well, now that you mention it, I guess uh, let me get an extra side of French fries. Okay, sir. What else? Hmm, well, now that you mention it, I think let me get a number three as well. Okay, sir. What else? And he just goes on and on and on. Why do you think they do that? Because most people are asked, and what else? And they're like, oh, oh, what else? Oh, I do want something else. Let me let me go ahead and buy something else. And what else? And what else? And what else? And what else? It was like that movie, Dude, Where's My Car? And then, (laughs) and then, and then you put it in a bag, and I drive up to the window, and you give it to me. And then, if you say, and then, one more time, and it's silent. And then, and then, and then, (laughs) I think he smashes the box. You go to a fast food restaurant, you're going to see the same kind of psych warfare applied to customers. I mean, if you're eating fast food, You've got to be on the low level of intelligence at this point. And it's not, I'm not making fun of you. I'm just, it's just hardcore reality. But if you go to fast food, the lowest common denominator in our society, and you look at the way in which they ask customers for things like, would you like this? Sure. Would you like an, remember McDonald's used to do that. You order a number two. Okay. I'll take a number two with a soda. Great. And and rather than just saying, okay, that's 475. They're like, and would you like an apple pie with that? You know, that's what they train you at any job. You know, would you like to sign up for this today? Would you like to donate a dollar for this? And most people just, sure, I'll do it. You know, when I worked at Office Depot, I, I never was able to ask that question. They're like, Ryan, why, why don't you have more subscriptions? I was like, well, one, I don't believe in the subscription service because this company is selling the data. I told, I told the, the managers this. I said, they're selling the data. All right, they're selling the data. I'm not going to steal from a customer. If a customer comes in and wants to buy, you know, 95XL ink, I'll help them find it, and I'll sell it to them. But I'm not asking that customer for their private information. And the, and the manager's like, well, if they give it to you, though, it's okay. I was like, no, because it's under false pretenses. If I told the customer, I said, okay, how about this? I'll tell the customer, can I have your information? Now, the company's going to sell it, but we'll give you 5% back on your next order. The customer would say no because they don't want their information sold if you just outright told them what you were doing with it. So it's the same thing. It doesn't matter if it's McDonald's. And would you like an apple pie with that, sir, or it's Office Depot? And would you like to give us your phone number and address today? And you know what they taught us there? They said, you don't ask would you like to. It's when you're ringing ringing them up, you say, and can I get your phone number? Can I get your email address? And I bet you, I bet you if you go... Open up a business, I don't know what you're selling, what you're doing, but you open up a business, you're selling you know, gidget, uh, g- gadgets and gizmos, and someone comes in and, and your policy in the store is to once you get their informa- you know, their information for payment, card, credit, check, whatever, they give you some cash. If you just said, okay, and what is your social security number, I bet you you'd get like two or more out of ten people that would say, all right, and they would just rattle it off. That's the psych warfare. So Joe Roop is reading this article to me, and, and, and he, he, he sent it to me later, and I sent him the, uh, the, the Yale Clinical Trials persuasive manipulative uh, argument article. And I told Joe while he was reading it to me, I said, I bet you, Joe, if you go up to the top of that page, you're going to see a little word, and that word is going to say, opinion. And he said, hold on a second. He scrolled up, and he said, actually, it does, Ryan. It says opinion. And here's what the article said as a headline. Defeat COVID-19 by requiring vaccination for all. It's not un-American. It's patriotic. I said, Joe, that is the Yale University guideline talking point to manipulate the public. Media is implementing it, as they always have. And I bet you if you go to the top of the page, you're going to see opinion. And he goes up to the top of the page, and there it is, opinion. This place expresses the views of the authors, or this piece expresses the views of the authors, separate from those of this publication. And if you start looking on social media, when you scroll through your social media, and you see these articles that people post, Trump won't leave the White House if he's not reelected. And you click on it, it's like Forbes magazine, opinion. Donald Trump said that he's going to go in and destroy all the Democratic cities because he hates Democrats. And then you click on it, it's like New York Times... Opinion. It's unpatriotic not to get a vaccine. If you get a vaccine, you're a patriot. Opinion piece. It's an opinion piece. Opinion piece. Opinion piece. CNN. Same thing. CNN has a story up about masks. This one, they didn't even label an opinion piece. But if you read it, it says people who refuse masks tout unproven theories, like that masks are ineffective and obstruct breathing. You don't need a study. Or a theory to determine that. Just put it on, and it restricts your breathing. That's how it prevents particles from going in and out. Or that states are inflating the number of deaths by the uh, deaths they report to make the pandemic seem worse than it is. So CNN publishes up an opinion piece, not even as an opinion, and it's just pure opinion. Because opinion has become fact, and fact has become opinion. And facts become opinions... When they are talked about and discussed and shared by people who don't have the authority of whatever the established order might be in medicine, in, in in bioengineering, in sciences, from you know molecular biology to quantum mechanics. If you don't have the authority on a subject, it doesn't matter what you have as data because your facts, your data becomes an opinion. And it doesn't matter if you're Dr. Fauci who throws baseballs backwards trying to throw them forward. It doesn't matter if you're Dr. Fauci and you're a fraud and you're a liar and you're a con man and you are engaged in acts of bioterrorism. Well, you're the authority. So your opinion then becomes a fact. And that's how this works. That's the fraud. That's the scam. And if we can recognize that, it'll be a lot easier to understand and we can read articles just try this out when you read articles on social media a lot of them will say opinion especially if you have friends that are like extremist on one side of the political spectrum or not or if you're browsing articles online read the headline and then read the article if you see an outlandish headline like defeat covid-19 by requiring vaccination for all and it implies that that's how we'll defeat it and then you read the article and they're just it's just Total brainwashing, propaganda, manipulation, psych warfare. And you scroll up to the top and it's like, this is an opinion piece. And then you can just correlate the words sometimes and the sentences from the article to the Yale University government clinical report where they're like, use guilt, use shame, manipulate the data. And this is how we convince people. That's all that it is. But people will say, it's USA Today, so it's fact. It's true. No, it's an opinion that's turned into fact. And when I sit here with facts, they become opinions to people because I'm not Dr. Fauci or I'm not some other kind of authority. Because even if you are a doctor, you don't get to speak. The World Health Organization said, shut your mouth. Just like a bunch of white people who are racists told black people, shut your mouth. We don't care if 81% of the black community doesn't support defunding the police. We don't care if a 500,000 black babies are aborted by Planned Parenthood. We're concerned with the black guy who shot at black police officers in Chicago, and so a bunch of black people went out and looted a very expensive part of Chicago. Because that's what really matters. This is a war on the mind. It is a war on the brain. It is a war on perception. And we are ending that war tonight on The Secret Teachings with context and critical thinking. I'm Ryan Gable. Don't go anywhere. Right here on The Fringe FM. We'll be back after break. www.thesecretteachings.info, rdgable at yahoo.com. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our Montage Archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
2: even those in your pet food. With free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM.
0: We've heard your feedback loud and clear.
1: because it leads to a state of mind, not a perception it will be, but one that is. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings. The analysis offered on this show is objective, removed from the emotional hysteria of the hive mind collective mob of coercive persuasion, the polar divisions in politics and religion, and those that exist in the paranormal, occult, and even in health. By simple observation and common sense, one may decipher the news speak Double speak and propaganda of ideological collectives intent on persuading the individual to abandon liberty through coercion and fear. On this show, we will speak to your heart and soul, opening a channel to spirit. And when you tune into this frequency, you are hearing The Secret Teachings, five nights a week on The Fringe FM, with a full archive at thesecretteachings.info.
0: I'm Clyde Lewis from Ground Zero Radio, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable.
1: Brian Gable, your host, and you are tuned in to the Fringe FM. This is the Secret Teachings, airing Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday every night. Unless there is an issue with the server, there will be an older episode. Can't say how old, airing immediately after the new broadcast Monday through Friday. You can always go to our website. To grab access to the archive with a subscription that also gets you access to our montage archive. You can download and listen to all those montages and a digital archive of my books that you can view on the website, including my old books. It's all there at thesecretteachings.info. The email is rdgable at yahoo.com. If you'd like to contact us and facebook.com forward slash is the social media page. You can also find the Fringe FM on Facebook, so check that out as well. I want to say thank you to each and every individual listener who has emailed me, sharing something, a video, an email, whatever it might be. I really appreciate that. Keep the emails coming. And uh, what I need to do is I need to sit down we need to do another listener request show where we do listener requests, and we're also working on getting some listeners on the show because I'm not I'm not going to do collins anymore but we'll we'll get some listeners on the show. You just have to send me like a paragraph of what you want to talk about but keep it, you know, organized and concise. I'm not a grammar communist, but I am trying to understand what you're saying, so I need something to make sense or, or I you know, I I I can't read something that's like 45 run-on sentences with no conclusion, no basis, and then I'm sitting there thinking like, well there's some buzzwords in there, but I I have no idea what this person is talking about, you know. So, this is a this is a radio show that is meant to be i hope it is i intend for it to be it's meant to be informative not simply because of information but informative in terms of perception and i was on jeremy scott's show into the paranormal on saturday and jeremy was asking me about the censorship and the inconsistencies in the story of COVID-19, and cures for COVID-19, etc. And Jeremy and I disagree on the subject of masks. It was originally going to be a mask debate, but Jeremy said kind of at the last minute, like a week before the show, he didn't want to do that. So, And I respected that. It's it's okay. So uh, we just did a a general show, and one of the things that we talked about more than anything was the psychology of all this, uh, the trauma. The fear, the trauma-based mind control, what I call cultural BDSM or sadomasochism. People that derive pleasure from shaming others and people that derive pleasure from shaming themselves. And shame, whether it's through guilt or embarrassment, are two of the messages that Yale University says can be used to persuade people and should be used to persuade people to get a COVID-19 vaccine. Now, if you just take COVID-19 vaccine and remove that from the equation and leave it blank, then you can use the message of guilt and embarrassment to get people to do anything, not just get a vaccine. This is not a new idea. Let's shame people into doing what we want them to do. No, that's pretty much shame, guilt, appealing to their perceived lack of economic or personal freedoms, the selfish interests of the individual and the collective interests of the mob. These are different ways in which we can manipulate people into doing what we want them to do. And this is not a new thing. It's like Rod Serling said, this is not a new world. It is simply an extension of what existed in the old world. It has refinements and technological advances. That's what it is. And I've said this for years. When somebody who is accredited and someone who has prestige, who have letters next to their name or they're otherwise perceived to be accomplished in some manner, they don't have to have factual information. All they need to do is be an authority or perceived as an authority and the fallacy works, all they have to do is say this is a fact. And even if this is not a fact and this is their opinion, it becomes a fact because of how the public appeals to authority, how the collective mob appeals to authority. However, if somebody comes along and says, actually, I don't need letters next to my name, and I don't need the prestige, and I don't need to be an authority on anything I just need to be an authority on my own perception so that others don't control it. And I'm looking at what the so-called authority said, and they're contradicting themselves, and it's just inaccurate data. It's inaccurate information. In other cases, they're just lying to you. They're trying to manipulate you. They have some vested interest. Well, your perception doesn't matter because your facts and your data becomes an opinion. I've said that for years. There's a gentleman named John P.A.I. His last name is a little bit difficult to pronounce. I.O. And he wrote an essay that's really interesting. It was pointed out by a couple of past guests. James McCanney pointed this out to me about two years ago. And uh, Dr. Kaufman pointed this out to us again And I just remembered that James McKinney had pointed this out to us like two years ago. Kaufman pointed this out to us when we had him on the show a couple of weeks ago, a couple months ago. The name of the essay is Why Most Published Research Findings Are False. And here is the summary of the report. The probability that a research claim is true may depend on study power and bias. The number of other studies on the same question and, importantly, the ratio of of true-to-no relationships among the relationships probed in each scientific field, where there is greater flexibility in designs, definitions, outcomes, and analytical modes, when there is greater financial and other interest and prejudice, and when more teams are involved in a scientific field in chase of statistical significance. These are the kinds of things, along with, with other things, that can skew scientific research. He says, in summary, simulations show that for most study designs and settings, it is more likely for a research claim to be false than true. So you can just type this in and read it for yourself. Why most published research findings are false, John P.A. Just type that in, and it'll bring up this report. It's from August of 2005, PLOS Medicine volume 2 issue 8 and I think the number is E124 if you need that but you should just type in why most published research findings are false it's in our archive somewhere on the website under top news but just type in why most published research findings are false John P A his last name I O A N N I D I S and you'll pull this this up and this is really interesting we're going to get into some what some would call conspiratorial, what others would call insane, what some would call the truth man. You know, we're going to get into some of this with 5G technology here in a moment and look at some of these claims that have been made on both sides of the argument and try to bring things into a cohesive uh, balance. So John says in this report it can be proven that most claimed research findings are false. And he goes on to explain why. One of the main reasons is modeling the framework for false positive findings. Several methodologists have pointed out, and he references the source, that the high rate of non-replication, the lack of confirmation of research discoveries, is a consequence of the convenient yet ill-founded strategy of claiming conclusive research findings solely on the basis of a single study assessed by formal statistical significance. The high rate of non-replication of research discoveries is a consequence of the convenient yet ill-informed strategy of claiming conclusive research findings solely on the basis of a single study. This is what has been done post-de facto of mask mandates. I don't care what you think about masks. I don't care if you think that not wearing one makes you a Republican. I guess anybody with a health condition must be a Republican. And you can joke about that. Oh, yeah, Republicans are mentally ill. No, people that are mentally ill, I think, include those who can't read or choose not to read, which is even worse, and they just believe what somebody on television tells them or what. Their social cohesion, as they perceive it, depends on for them to do what the mob does. So if you have people that are saying the science suggests this, and then they share, as someone did with me, someone shared a USA Today article with me. I don't know where it is or what the headline was. I skimmed through it. I read the first part of it, which was the main part of the, the, the overall the study and who published the study and what it meant. And if you read the study, it's like, well, mask wearing may be helpful, but more research is needed to determine the effectiveness of wearing a mask. And then they gave the statistics for the different kinds of masks and their conclusion in the article, not the study, in the article was wear a mask. But in the study, it was we don't really know. And see, that's what happens when you take even unbiased science and then you subject it to your bias. And a report that says we have no idea becomes the basis because of the lack of context for a narrative in the media and the public mind that masks work because ultimately a study was taken out of context. In fact, of the 12 or more, I think there were at least 12, maybe 13 or 14. I'd have to count them in my folder here. Of the 12 or more, research reports, including from the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, on masks that we talked about on the show a couple of weeks ago called To Mask or Not To Mask. Of all those reports, you can go into the reports and almost all of them have A section or two where it says wearing a mask in this case or that case may be beneficial, but we really don't know. And in fact, we advise in some reports, we advise against healthcare workers wearing a mask here or wearing a mask there, and especially advise the public wearing masks going further, especially if it's consistently a wearing of a mask. And if you go through. These reports, there are so many of these. I've sent them out to to dozens of listeners. If you want a copy of all these, I can send you the links. Email me at rdgable at yahoo.com. You find exactly what John P.A. is talking about in this essay on why published research findings are false. The high rate of non-replication of research discoveries is a consequence of the convenient yet ill-founded strategy of claiming conclusive research findings solely on the basis of a single study. He says, "...the probability that a research finding is indeed true depends on the prior probability of it being true before doing the study, the statistical power of the study, and the level of statistical significance." He opens up a discussion in the essay about bias. He says, "...let us define bias as the combination of various design, data, analysis, and presentation factors that tend to produce research findings when they should not be produced." Bias can entail manipulation in the analysis or reporting of findings. Selective or distortive reporting is a typical form of such bias. Conversely, true research findings may occasionally be annulled because of reverse bias. For example, with large measurement errors, relationships are lost in noise, or investigators use data inefficiently or fail to notice statistically significant relationships, or there may be conflicts of interest that tend to bury significant findings. This is the scientific approach to what I philosophically and psychologically have been explaining on any show where we've discussed the subject of masks or the subject of science in any capacity, not just about COVID-19. We've done plenty of shows in the past on the stability of science as an institution, which that's not what science is. Science is a form of observation. And in fact, what we're doing tonight is science. It's It's observing nature. And it's critical analysis, and it's putting things within context so that they make sense to the objective observer, not to the biased, subjective perception of the world. Looking for information to support your belief, as opposed to looking to information, looking for information, trying to find information that is accurate. This essay continues. It says... Another method of manipulation occurs with coloraries. The smaller the studies conducted in a scientific field, the less likely the research findings are to be true. The smaller the effect sizes in a scientific field, the less likely the research findings are to be true. The greater the number and the lesser the selection of tested relationships in a scientific field, the less likely the research findings are to be true. The greater flexibility in design definitions outcomes and analytical modes is a uh, in a scientific field the less likely the research findings are to be true and that is really important the greater the flexibility in designs and definitions that's where as i mentioned at the beginning of the show tonight words come in to play because if you don't understand the words that are being used then XYZ might, may, could, possibly, we don't know, do this becomes XYZ does do this. And then because of personal bias, you have XYZ does this turning into, well, that's just opinion, and XYZ might do this turning into that's a fact because scientists said it and because it aligns with my preconceived bias, right? Even when we did our mask show, To Mask or Not to Mask, one of our many shows. I did another show called Cultural BDSM, another one called The Death Mask. And we go through all the science. We go through all the reports. I acknowledge in the reports where there is a quote-unquote possibility. In some of the reports, they use the word possibility that a mask might help. Might. Possibility. Might. These are words that are generalized, like the word linked. Linked. Okay, anything can be linked. This essay continues. It says, The greater the financial and other interests and prejudices in a scientific field, the less likely the research findings are to be true. That is incredibly critical. We're going to come back to all this in a second. The hotter a scientific field with more scientific teams involved, the less likely the research findings are to be true. That is doubly critically important. We'll come back to that in a second. The essay begins to conclude with... Most research findings are false for most research designs and for most fields. A finding from a well-conducted, adequately powered, randomized control trial starting with a 50% pre-study chance that the intervention is effective is eventually true about 85% of the time. A fairly similar performance is expected of a confirmatory meta-analysis of good quality randomized trials. So, randomized controlled trials, randomized controlled trials, randomized controlled trials. Randomized controlled trials. I present you the 2015 British Medical Journal, a cluster of randomized trial of cloth masks compared with medical masks and healthcare workers. So this, as the essay says This is a randomized trial. It took place before the coronavirus pandemic. It is one of the first randomized trials of cloth masks in particular. And the conclusion is, quote, the results caution against the use of cloth masks. This is an important finding to inform occupational health and safety, moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, And poor filtration may result in increased risk of infection. So what happens to this, what happens to facts, is they become opinions. Because now this information, rather than people posting the British Medical Journal, rather than people posting at least a screenshot of it, now we get memes. We get memes that although they might be kind of true, it's like, Did you know that the mask makes you sick? No, the mask doesn't make you sick. Research shows that masks might increase the risk of infection. But even if you want to say that, even if you want to be objective within the arena of virology and infections and immunology and all these other various fields, then you have to question. You have to question the the, the nature of what exactly a virus or what an infection is. So it goes on. That is the scientific process, ladies and gentlemen. Not saying, oh. This meme said that the mask makes me sicker, so I don't want to wear it, so that's what it means. And then you get the other side who are perhaps more illiterate, and they don't even check the source to see that it's kind of true, but to see how their opponent presented something that was inaccurate, but based on something that was accurate. And they just say, can you believe these conspiracy theorists, Republicans, they just believe that wearing a mask makes you sick. That's absurd. That's an inversion of reality. See what happens? It's both sides. Every time, I don't care what side it is, where that side is, it's always the opposition and the opposition to that opposition and so on and so forth. So that's what the British Medical Journal says. And again, I personally am not interested in talking about masks tonight. We're not talking about masks. We're not talking about conspiracies. We're talking about perception. We're talking about context. We're talking about the nature by which we view reality and how reality is formed when we are faced with information that is inaccurate and out of context and biased. And when that information is inaccurate, out of context, and biased, then it's not information that empowers you. It's the ability to decipher and dig through that information to find the empowerment that empowers you. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. More on the Fringe FM after this. Check out our archive at www.thesecretteachings.info. Subscribe today. Become a member. Get access to the archive, the montages, and my books, www.thesecretteachings.info. We'll talk about 5G when we come back. Don't go anywhere.
0: To the secret teachings with your host ryan gable to contact ryan email r.d.gable at yahoo.com a woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus
2: come on there are plenty of amazing women politicians name one uh senator hillary rodham clinton awful how is she awful hates freedom
1: Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our Montage Archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM.
2: They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> it's like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Power of Normal, And I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys. It was a yeah, pretty good thing. Guys, we know, can I we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, OK? Distorting facts it, like basically changes history. You know what? It's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope.
1: Alex Exum. Hi, I'm Alex Exon, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Since our perception of the world and our lifestyles have changed so dramatically, and we've adapted as planned so quickly in 2020, there's been a growing resistance to lockdowns and masks and all that and although that's not the topic of tonight's show it is a component that is deserving of observation and analysis what i mean by that is you get this idea in your head that if someone doesn't wear a mask they must be a republican or if somebody doesn't wear a mask they want to hurt you or Whatever it is, there's just a lawmaker here in the States, I think in Tennessee, who said if you don't wear a mask, they want you to be charged with attempted murder. Well, I'm not telling you you should or shouldn't wear a mask, but what I'm telling you is when someone makes the argument, well, you have your own data, I have my own data. No, that's not true. Because when I read the reports on masks, they are, almost all of them, randomized, controlled studies. And many of them were produced long before the pandemic, so long before the bias and the large groups of others attempting to find the results that are beneficial to their pocketbooks or their prestige or to whoever it is that they work for. See, before the pandemic, as they call it, and I don't really want to call it a pandemic. I just don't like that terminology, but before the so-called pandemic I'll say so-called. Before the so-called pandemic, there is a pan involved. Pan, as in the goat god, pan means to panique. So it is a pandemic. It's a panic-demic is what it is. So before this, you have all these mask studies. And when I bring out the studies to show people, hey, this is what it says about the masks. I'm just providing you with the information. Do with it what you choose. I'm told that information is not credible, or accurate because it came before COVID-19. And although there's a tiny piece of that, that argument that kind of might be true because it's a different so-called virus you're dealing with, whether you believe in a virus at all or you believe in viruses not existing or whatever the case is, it's a different virus, I get that. But when you have all the reports that come out after And all the reports that come out after say things like, well, it might work, it may work, we're not really sure, but they all say we still recommend it. If you go back before the pandemic, all the reports said don't wear a mask, you shouldn't wear a mask, it doesn't help, and it's also perhaps um, able to increase the infection rate. Now, in that case, they concluded it doesn't help but it may increase the infection rate. That's different than it does increase the infection rate. And people that don't want to wear a mask today and don't believe in it or whatever the reason is, they say it increases the infection rate. No, there are there's one major report done by the British Medical Journal that said it might increase infection. And now you've turned that into an easy straw man for people that don't read and choose to believe one side of a spectrum They choose to subscribe themselves to an ideology that is collective. And then they can easily tear down your straw man, which you think is, you know, this this great defense. It increases infection. No. One study said that that I'm aware of. One study said that. Other studies have alluded to it. One study said that, but may. And I'll just read you exactly what the wording said. Moisture retention, reuse of cloth masks, and poor filtration may, 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 may result in increased risk of infection. So, as someone who doesn't wear a mask, if someone said, oh, you're not wearing a mask, you think it makes you sick? No, moron. I actually read the reports. That's not why I think that. And I'm tired of all the memes on Facebook that discredit my literacy. That's what I'm tired of. So, we have this essay written by John P. A. Ioannidis, Why Most Published Research Findings Are False. And he gives a couple of examples here. Bias can entail manipulation in the analysis or reporting of findings. Selective or distorted reporting is a typical form of such bias. So after a pandemic begins, you're of course going to have selected, selective or distorted reporting. You're going to have that before a pandemic, but there's no concerted effort to find proof that a mask is effective and to justify the unlawful, unconstitutional illegal orders to force people that are healthy or otherwise to wear a mask or to force healthy people to wear a mask and stay indoors. So after it begins, now there's a race to find evidence to prove something. That's not science. That's anti-science. That's pseudoscience. Before the pandemic, you have independent reports that are conducting this research Maybe as a result of studying, in some cases, studying past things like uh, you know, SARS in the early two thousands. But they don't have a vested interest in proving something because those events are over now. So selective and distorted reporting, that's what's happening. That's why people have used studies, I've actually shared these on Facebook and, and one person said Well, if you read it, it says that masks may not protect you or may protect you. They're not really sure. Sure, they're not really sure in that particular section of the article when they're referencing one of numerous studies that were conducted within the overall paper, within the overall analysis. If you put it all together, you miss the other four where they said conclusively masks don't work. See, selective and distorted reporting. And then it says in this essay, the greater the flexibility in designs, definitions and outcomes and analytical modes in a scientific field, the less likely the research findings are to be true. So a greater definition, a greater distortion, flexibility in designs and definitions. Flexibility in definitions. May becomes will. Will becomes may because it doesn't align with the medical and the scientific authority. The essay says, the greater the financial and other interests and prejudice in a scientific field, the less likely the research findings are to be true. Yes, that's true. After the fact, before all the research said no, independently randomized controlled studies, after the fact, you get the selective Information, you get the flexibility of definitions, you get the financial and other interests and prejudices in the scientific field. All of these things make the research findings less true. And colliery number six in this essay, the hotter a scientific field, nothing's hotter than coronavirus, with more scientific teams involved all over the world the less likely the research findings are to be true. So when you tell me, Ryan, those are from 2015, 2011, 2017, 2019, that's before the pandemic. They don't count. On the contrary, they're the only ones that count because now all the research is geared towards proving something. And when someone, doctor, scientist, doesn't matter, who may have spent their whole career bootlicking the establishment of their group When they say, actually, you know what, I don't agree with this anymore. Suddenly, you don't get the talk anymore, Mr. and Mrs. Doctor. You don't get the talk anymore, Mr. and Mrs. Scientist. Because you are breaking with the financial prejudices and other things of the scientific field. This is a great essay. Why most published research findings are false. John P.A. I-O-A-N-N-I-D-I-S. I-O-A-N-N-I-D-I-S. Read that, check that out, that's very important. And it all applies, it all applies to this next final segment here on The Secret Teachings. Something that I just, i got to be honest with you, I, I don't like talking about this anymore because its it's one of those things where it's like the memes on Facebook that say, wearing a mask increases your risk of infection. There's one study that says it may. That doesn't mean I'm going to or not wear a mask. I'm interested in what the data says. And everybody is actually more concerned, not with science or data, they're more concerned with authority and perspective and feeling in control and feeling empowered and getting into the fear and loving playing pandemic. They like the opposition because they have authority on their side and they can boss other people around. It's ludicrous. And so here is possibly one of the biggest and most confusing conspiracies and stories of 2020. And from the beginning, I tore this apart, but I left open, as I always try to do, I left open the the door, the window, for the possibility that it may, in some context, be true. But in what context is the necessary question. Let me show you what I mean. There is a report that came out on June 9th of 2020. It was published with the headline, 5G Technology and Induction of Coronavirus in Skin Cells, Volume 34, Number 4, 2020, PubMed. And the scientists involved, they have some very, very crazy names, M. Renelli, A. Seferi, M. G. Rokaya, M. Jafarini, O. U. Alisovo, K. M. Lomonosov, and T. Loti. From the Department of Nuclear, Subnuclear, and Radiation Physics, G. Marconi University, Rome, Italy. Central Michigan, Saginaw, Michigan, USA, Department of Dermatology and Venerology, IM, Shinaf First, Moscow State Medical University, Moscow, Russia. Received May 13, 2020 by PubMed and accepted on June 9, 2020. 5G technology and induction of coronavirus in skin cells. Here's what it says. In this research, we show that 5G millimeter waves could be, could be, could be, not do, could be absorbed by dermatological cells acting like antennas transferred to other cells and play the main role in producing coronaviruses, not coronavirus, coronaviruses, coronaviruses, plural, in biological cells. DNA is built from charged electrons and atoms and has an inductor-like structure. This structure could be divided into linear, torrid, and round inductors. Inductors interact with external electromagnetic waves, move, and produce some extra waves within the cells. The shapes of these waves are similar to shapes of hexagonal and pentagonal bases of their DNA source. These waves produce some holes in liquids within the nucleus. To fill these holes, some extra hexagonal and pentagonal bases are produced. These bases could join to each other and form virus like structures, such as coronavirus. Virus like structures. In other words, what is seen is what looks like what we call a virus, which is not definitively proven, demonstrated, or accepted. Even within the field of virology, they still can't decide is a virus alive or is a virus dead. It changes the whole definition of life. Look up Scientific America viruses alive or dead. Even the mainline scientific vi- virologist community, they have no idea. They're guessing. And a lot of what they see under an electron microscope, it's just simply the artifacts of the preparatory process of viewing whatever it is they're going to view under the microscope. So certain things look like something, but it doesn't mean that they are responsible for the disease because they're in the vicinity of where the disease is. Virus-like structures, such as coronavirus, to produce these viruses within a cell is necessary that the wavelength of external waves be shorter than the size of the cell. Thus, 5G millimeter waves could be good candidates for applying in constructing virus-like structures such as coronavirus, COVID-19, within cells. So there's a lot of stuff going on here in this PubMed editorial, 5G technology and induction of coronavirus in skin cells. They say 5G millimeter waves could be absorbed by the skin cells, but they're not sure, and that 5G millimeter waves could be good candidates for applying in constructing Virus-like structures such as the coronavirus. So a lot of things have to happen here to obtain the objective perspective. In my view, this is what you have to do. You have to ask a couple of questions. One, again, what is, could be? Well, anything could be. Two, applying and constructing virus-like structures. Something that is virus-like as a structure is not necessarily a virus, correct? It's virus-like. It looks like something. It might act like something, but it's not what it looks and acts like. Number three, what is a virus? Is it alive? Is it dead? As a subcategory, as a sub-question I'd ask, milk, is it good or bad? Eggs, are they good or bad? Fat, is it good or bad? Things that are always debated in science and health that we can never really come to a conclusive, definitive answer on, right? So, these virus-like structures, maybe it's like the exosome, right? The excretion from the cell. That used to be the definition of a virus. Excretion. Excretion was a virus. In other words, to say that something is transmissible, if I'm bleeding, if I have pus coming out of my body, And I rub that blood or that pus into one of your wounds and you say, he transferred the virus. Yes, but I didn't transfer a transfer a little particulate out of my mouth when I went (coughs) or a chew. I hope you had your mask on because I I just read a study that it comes through the microphone, through the Internet and through your speakers. So make sure you, you know, sanitize your speakers because I just coughed into the mic. But, you know, when which they say when you fart, it comes through the pants, but it won't penetrate a, a mask. So when you say these kinds of things, and when you talk in this way, and you talk about transferring a virus, if I transfer blood or I transfer pus to your open wound, virus transmitted. Doesn't mean I coughed or sneezed, (laughs) chew, and that's what got you sick, because the name of whatever it is that we're identifying, virus has been changed over time. And whatever it is that a virus is, it's still being debated today in 2020. So when people say viruses don't exist, maybe not by definition, but there's something there. Is it always an exosome? Is it always an excretion? Is it always an artifact of microscopy? Is it always some kind of other thing? No. There are bacteria present when we identify certain kinds of infections, but how often are infections, bacterial, virus, how often are these things misidentified because they're symptom complexes? So we have to look at all the available information. We always have to question it. So when people are saying 5G technology and induction of coronavirus in skin cells, and these people are from big universities, they're from, from uh, major universities, they're from, from research laboratories. It sounds prestigious. Oh, this has to be true. And this confirms the conspiracy theories. Now, at the beginning of all this coronavirus stuff, back in like January, and I, I kept hearing about 5G, 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 and people were telling me, Ryan, you got to talk about the 5G. That's what's causing the virus. And I, I remember ha- I was texting back and forth with Clyde Lewis one afternoon, and he had asked me what was in that David Ike. Video. The Rose Ike interview, the first one that got banned. I think it was the first one that got banned. Uh, the one about five G, and and I I told I told it to him. I explained it to him. He, I think he had David Ike on right after that. And I I said one of the things I've I've been told Clyde is that that five G causes the virus, but that doesn't make any sense to me because there's five G towers active in a lot of American cities already. So if five G caused the virus, wouldn't the people in those cities have have the virus, and people that are living rurally would they not have the virus, right? And and he said it's just it's amateur hour, and now it's time for the for the big boys to talk. Is what he is what he messaged me, and I I, I laughed about that. And you know I I did a couple of shows where I talked about five G, and I had a lot of angry people message me and say, Ryan, you're you're de- you're covering this up, you're denying it. And I said, look, fifth generation technology. People are scared of it, and they don't know what to expect, okay? And fourth-generation technology, cell phones, Wi-Fi, satellites, these are all things that you don't see the direct effects of, but they are affecting you. It is well-acknowledged that there are psychological and physical anxieties and stresses that are induced through electromagnetic frequencies. And so you either believe that 5G causes the virus, or you think it's all crazy and that we should all get vaccines that are mandatory. And I always have to shake my head in, in amazement that I'm standing with so many of you in the middle. And I imagine you shake your head too. It's like, no, dude, it's not about that or that. It's about, okay, what are you saying? And that person says, well, 5G causes the virus. And the other person says... I ask them, what do you say? And they say, that's preposterous. That's a conspiracy theory. Of course it doesn't. The virus is real. It's circulating. We all need to get forcibly inoculated and everything in between. And I'm like, well, everything I've read on 5G, 5G can cause bodily harm, just like your millimeter wave scanners at the airport for the TSA. And just like electromagnetic frequencies can interfere with the body, which is a bioelectrical computer. And I've been reading reports for years that certain frequencies can alter and change the the skin and that 5g can interact with the skin in a way that can give you rashes and i mean i've read things about cfl bulbs you know the frequencies and the mercury that give you skin rashes because they're filled with mercury and it emits some mercury and with the frequency, it's the mercury and the frequency, and and you get a rash from it, and you get anxiety from it. That that, that that's that's in the mainline scientific reports about CFL bulbs. And so I just I I went and pulled a, a major uh, European Parliament report on five G wireless communication on human health, and it talks about and it has all these studies referenced in it. And it, it talks about the, uh, the dangers and the potential dangers and the differences in various frequencies of fifth-generation technology and how it will affect the population if there is constant exposure. Another part of that fallacy that you have to be poisoned a lot at once to feel the effects. No, it's just poisoning over a long period of time. 5G will be employed in higher frequencies. And if you read this report, just it's one example. There are so many. Effects of 5G Wireless Communication on Human Health, European Parliament. And you bring this up, and you read about the health effects of fifth-generation technology and how the population will be exposed to a dense cluster, especially in large cities, of these frequencies and the effects that it will have on the body, on the brain, and what kind of health effects it may cause, which, you know, it doesn't go into the details of this, but many of the effects that it causes might then be the things that we call uh, a disease, right? So in context with the science and in context with the common sense and in context with the potential dangers as well as any other kind of dangers, proven or potential or things that may or may not be certain things, regardless of how it's perceived, these are the kinds of things that may happen or may not happen. These are the kinds of things that are dangerous because it's hard to prove that they've happened when they've happened. But there's no question that it can interfere with the body, the bioelectrical system. In acknowledging that, I have people on my ass that tell me, no, Ryan, you're wrong. It doesn't do you any harm. Get your vaccine. And I'm like, well, I agree that a lot of the 5G conspiracy theories, as they're called by one group, I don't call them that, are total nonsense, that it is, like Clyde Lewis said, it's amateur hour, and it's time for the big boys to talk. It's time for the big boys to speak. It's time for the adults to have a conversation now, right? So I had a friend of mine, uh, Kev Baker. Kev Baker sent me an article from Extreme Tech. And the article says, PubMed leaps into pseudoscience, links 5G, and the coronavirus. And they quote, listen to this, they quote the report that I just read you. It says, here's the first sentence of the abstract. In this research, we show that 5G millimeter waves could be absorbed by dermatological cells acting like antennas transferred to other cells and play the main role in producing coronaviruses and biological cells. And then they say, if 5G actually played the main role in producing coronaviruses, you'd expect the countries with the highest 5G deployments to have the highest cases of COVID-19. And I agree with that. That was my original argument. But if you actually read what the report said that they're quoting, it says we show that 5G waves could be absorbed. Could. They don't say that they do play the major role. They say that they could be absorbed by dermatological cells and that they might, in that case, in a scenario where they might, then they may play the role of producing coronavirus biological cells. So even the opposition, the adversary, The two groups that fight it out, this is real, this is not real, they misquote each other, they misidentify what the other says, and they ignore LA Times, 5G, early data shows a slight increase in tumors in male rats. Maybe that's just made up. Here's a 2018 Internal Journal of Hygiene and Environmental Health. 5G communication systems, are there health implications? And it says that millimeter waves... That, it are, that you have uh, exposure to increased skin temperature, therefore altering gene expression, promotes cellular proliferation and synthesis of proteins linked with oxidative stress, inflammatory, and metabolic processes, and could generate ocular damages as well, affect neuromuscular dynamics. So, can 5G affect the skin and the body as a whole? Bioelectrical computer system? Yes. Did it cause coronavirus? Probably not. In fact, I can definitively say 5G didn't cause the coronavirus. Could 5G exaggerate coronavirus? Yes, but only if you define coronavirus in a certain way. Only if you define viruses and infections in a certain way. Can 5G make you sick? Can 4G make you sick? Can Wi-Fi make you sick? Yes. And then when you identify in that sick person DNA or artifacts and say they have a virus, then you can say it's the virus that caused it. And if they happen to live in the vicinity of 5G or Wi-Fi, which is pretty much everybody with Wi-Fi, 5G is coming out everywhere within the next couple of years, then they'll say, well, 5G caused the virus. And then others will say there's no virus at all, and 5G doesn't cause anything, but maybe they have the perspective that the testing for that material in the body and that finds that you have a virus, that that's all real and you you, you, you actually did get sick because of the virus or you got sick because of fi- All these different opinions, who the hell knows? But what we do know for sure is that depending on how you define words like virus and depending on how you present that information, you can make people, whether you intend to or not, believe anything that you say. And so I go back to the John P. A. Ionidis article, why most published research findings are false. Bias can entail manipulation in the analysis or reporting of findings. Selective or distorted reporting is a typical form of such bias. The flexibility of definitions. The hotter a scientific field, the less likely research findings are true, and the greater the financial and other interests and prejudices in a scientific field are, the less likely the research findings are to be true. In other words... When there's a lot of attention focused on something, take vaccination, manufacturing, for example, not only, I would suggest, is the science less likely to be accurate, but common sense would tell you that the vaccines would be even less safe than the standard unsafe vaccine that you would get after years and years and years and years and years years of trials. This is not science. And the opposition to what is considered the scientific authority is also not being dictated by common sense and context and critical thinking. It's being dictated by the same emotional hysteria that if it had the power would go on YouTube and would go online and would also censor the mainline establishment rather than allowing information to freely be exchanged in an open marketplace where good ideas like common sense and context and critical thinking can easily combat and eliminate the bad ideas, like 5G causes all the viruses, or 5G has no effect and can't be dangerous at all, or viruses don't exist at all, and that includes the various definitions, or that some viruses exist and some can get you sick, all these different arguments. If you have the authority, any opinion that you have becomes a fact. And if you have facts but you're not an authority, any fact that you have unfortunately becomes an opinion. Context, critical thinking, common sense, the three C's. I'm Ryan Gable. This is the secret teachings. Employ them. I implore you to do so. Critical thinking is so incredibly important, common sense is so incredibly important. And context might be more important than any of those things. Maybe critical thinking is most important. I don't know. Apply all of them. This is The Secret Teachings on The Fringe FM. Stay tuned to The Fringe FM. If you have any questions, email us at rdgable at yahoo.com. Thank you for joining us tonight, commenting on Facebook, emailing us, subscribing to the show, staying in contact with us, rdgable at yahoo.com. If it weren't for listeners like you, we would not be here five nights a week. So thank you so much for tuning in, supporting the show, and supporting The Fringe FM as well. Stay safe, stay informed, and we'll talk to you on the next broadcast right here on The Fringe FM. Again, I'm Ryan Gable.